Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburo and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. This week, we're starting an Advent series, and we're going to look at what Advent is and the first theme, which is hope. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We have got two of the hottest guests we've ever had. <laughs> we, uh, we really oh should sort out the AC in this room. Uh, so we've got Ryan and Shelby here today. Hi, everyone. And Hi, guys. It is actually it's December 1st today. Yes. It's, um, it's Advent season. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be doing uh, a series of podcasts. I looked at the calendar, actually. It's kind of cool. The last one will automatically go out on Christmas Day. Oh, that's um, exciting. So we finish on Love Christmas Day. Love it when that Day, works which out. Is cool. And yeah, so we're, we're going to unpack and consider some of the Advent themes and I know just embrace mm-hmm. this season. So we're going to use the podcast uh, for some of that. And we're doing this um, at Westside. We've got some loads of Advent stuff going on. Yeah. We're really stepping into this season. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting, actually. I think there's like theological, biblical, spiritual reasons Mm. to embrace it right yeah mm-hmm. but also noticing in neighborhoods like people are buying their trees they're putting up yeah. their lights like everyone's like man i really need something that's gonna <laughs> bring life <laughs> and joy and I so know. there's like a cultural swell yeah. of like and as a british person i gotta say like you know in the uk we might put up some decorations at most like two weeks before jamie's Christmas. mentioned that and i feel like this year is yeah. so different because people started before thanksgiving yeah. i think covid kind of lended itself to like oh, yeah. let's get this started asap so when we first moved to america we were like holy cow what's going on but then this year we were like oh yeah thanksgiving ish yeah let's buy a tree you know like oh yeah oh we've changed yes. yeah this <laughs> we got you last year my wife emily she bought us a christmas tree so early that it died by christmas day <laughs> she's so excited about christmas every year yeah and this year we we finally decided to go fake tree so mm. they can it can last as long as it needs to beautiful there we go <laughs> <laughs> love that and we've got a real tree, but our rabbits eat it. And so you have more than one. I thought you just had one rabbit. Well, we used to have one rabbit. Now we have two rabbits. Congratulations! Rabbit. He, he passed on, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, okay. And then Bummer. you know how if one bought puppies during COVID, yes, we got another couple of rabbits during COVID. Love it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if there was ever a year that people are dying for hope, it's 2020. It is. Like, yeah. In yeah. Our whole neighborhood, we feel it. Like just. That's everybody wants to get to Christmas so bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Truth. And I think it's really cool that we're stepping into Advent, but I've got, there's a part of me that's almost cautious of like, there's so much anticipation for the goodness of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And some of that is like spiritual and some of it's just cultural. And yeah. that, that they're both, that's great. Those two aspects. But on January 1st, I wonder if we might hit a bit of like, ooh, anticlimax, it's still hard. Yeah. Hmm. And so, yeah, uh, and it's going to be interesting as we walk through Advent to think not just about having a fun Christmas morning, but actually Advent is supposed to frame our year. Yeah. yeah. And I think it has a lot to say mm. this year. It's wow. not just like, let's have escapism for a week of mm. Christmas. Yeah. But actually it might have have more to say to us this year you know mm-hmm. yeah if we listen so i'm yeah. gonna put you on the sh- on the on the spot okay 
like Sean Connery, <laughs> um, <laughs> on the spot, Shelby, mm-hmm. um, what's Advent? Mm, Most I have basic. All the if someone's like, uh, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. What would be a quick, okay, here's yeah. what it is. Definitions, I feel like, are helpful when we're trying to unpack a big thing. So, really simply, the word Advent, it means coming. And what's fun is that there's actually a bit of like a double meaning or a twin focus to this word. So the Latin word adventus is the translation of the Greek word, and correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but parousia. And that word um, is one that's used for both the coming of Christ in human flesh and his second coming. So again, there's that dual meaning there, that twin focus. So Advent then, it's always it's aiming to focus on both of those things, not just one or the other. So traditionally, when you look at how the church has celebrated it for years and years, the first two weeks of Advent are focused on reflecting on the second coming, actually, and posturing hearts toward this anticipation. And so you see people dedicating intentional time to confess sins and prepare their hearts, like I said, for the anticipation of Jesus to come again. And to make all things right and whole and beautiful. And then the last two weeks of Advent would then transition to focus on the promises fulfilled through the miraculous birth of Jesus in his first coming. So Advent is this really like powerful and poignant. It has a powerful and poignant way of positioning us between the resurrection and the second coming. Mm -hmm. And I think we're pretty familiar with Lent. It's that season of preparing for Easter. Mm-hmm. Advent serves that similar purpose of it really helps us prepare because we can get to Christmas and it be beautiful, but there's a whole new way of entering into it when we actually create intentional space to look at our hearts and to posture our hearts in a particular way. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like my favorite is Luke's gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, well, just full stop. And then my favorite <laughs> birth account. There's just so much in Luke I yeah. love. Yeah. But it tells the story of like, I know this shift and like the tide is turning in the story mm-hmm. of God and there's anticipation and build up and it kind of climaxes yeah. in Jesus arriving. Mm. Um, so I like having a season where we can not just celebrate, oh, Jesus is here. Happy birthday, Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also celebrate the anticipation and build yes. up. Mm-hmm. As as God starts to reveal what this is about yeah. as well, um, it's I don't know. It enriches. Mm-hmm. It's so easy amidst the commercialism. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness! <laughs> English clearly not my first language today. <laughs> commercialism. Um, yeah, and just like stress and busyness, like everything yeah. Christmas brings. Can sit yeah. in the driver's seat. I've had so many years where I've sort of had a Christmas morning moment of like, whoa, what are we doing again? Whoa, yeah. I'm like missing the point here. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And so spreading it out, super mm-hmm. helpful for me. Yes. Yeah, there's this quote. Can I read it? By Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I'd love it if I was like, no, you can't. <laughs> like, now you've asked. No, I would protest. <laughs> Because I think when we talk about Advent, we can talk about the the tradition, the meta story. And those are all like big, beautiful, important parts of what it means to participate in Advent. But I think something that gets overlooked sometimes is like the tone of the people and what is like the posture that we can take to really receive. Because when you think about any good story, kind of alluding to what you were saying earlier, the buildup to the climax is 
just as much a part of the fun mm. and the importance of the story that's being written than the moment itself, right? Yeah. And so I think I want to zoom in on like what ought to be kind of the tone or the posture of the people. And I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it really well. He says, the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. And I think what he's capturing here is something important and he's saying something about the degree to which we posture our hearts and how that posturing impacts our ability to enter into and receive the gifts that this season metaphorically holds out in yeah. front of us. Mm. And I think I get really curious about that because like what you're saying, it's so easy for the season to be about the shopping and the to-do lists and all mm. those things are great. And, and I'm not tree alive. Yes. Yeah. All <laughs> exactly. those things are great and they're fun. I'm not dogging on it, but no. I think there's gotta be this place where we, yeah, we really take a moment to reflect and, and think well about like, I wonder if how I, how I position my heart in this season will actually impact my ability to receive gifts from the spirit that, yeah, are there for me, yeah, but I just don't take time. To, uh, recognize, embrace, like receive, like you yeah. say. Mm -hmm. This is a bit of a weird way to get to this, but I was thinking, um, even when you were saying the word Advent mm -hmm. and Parousia, yeah, and this like coming, um, I'd be really interested whether in the sort of Greek Septuagint translation mm -hmm. of the Old Testament, whether Parousia is used of those times when God visits his people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's yeah. the language actually in Luke a couple of times and in Matthew of like God's visited his people. Mm. So it's like, oh, that's like a, yeah. this is a theme. Like, And yeah. it's not just like Jesus has popped up, hello, just came <laughs> yeah. to say hello. But right. it always comes in this moment of like, mm. as people are crying out to God, needing God, looking yeah. for God, and then just like hoping and expecting, God visiting is just like this, release mm -hmm. of tension are like oh thank goodness yeah god has come mm -hmm. and so there is this you know jesus coming doesn't just come into a void it comes into this ongoing storyline yeah. and especially in a year like this i feel like we've got this opportunity to see how we connect to jesus is coming being mm -hmm. light in the darkness yes mm -hmm. like it's good news to people who mm -hmm. are oppressed and destitute yes. and like in a year when we've pulled back the curtain on just mm. how much disunity, injustice, yeah. like um, darkness, loss, pain, trauma, you know, COVID as well. Yeah. Like, we've got kind of a special opportunity this year to associate mm -hmm. with the biblical story, yes. see ourselves within it, that then Christmas morning, it's just going to be like, I don't know mm -hmm. it's going to amplify the celebration yeah. I feel like yeah. or at least it could do yeah and so kind of the invitation for us then is to choose that yeah. because I, the metaphor I'm thinking of is like we all have an addict in our house an addict not addict oh yikes an attic um but we don't like to go into it right usually there's a lot of old stuff and just stuff that we put there that we'll get around to mm -hmm. and this season has presented us with like we don't we don't really have an option it's there like someone's opened the door we got to go through the stuff and i think that that has positioned us to receive like the sweetness to taste that in a totally different way than we have in years past yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. And and some of the impediments to a normal Christmas mm-hmm. that we're going to have. Yeah. Because sometimes we treat vacations and holidays like Christmas almost like mini escapism. Yeah. I'll just get a bit of refreshment. But this year it, it can't quite be the escapism it normally is. Mm-hmm. And we might grieve the loss of that. But actually Christmas offers us something so much better than yeah. just escapism. And so we're going to have to wrestle with some of those things. Mm-hmm. And that's a good wrestling this year. Yeah. Like the fact that it's going to be a hard Christmas might actually mean we discover some really good yeah. stuff. Totally. What what about your house, Ryan? <laughs> like in the build up to Christmas. Yeah. Advent. Do you do you guys do anything? There's an attic. Attic <laughs> in our house for sure. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, it's cold up there and dark. Um no, I uh yeah, for us, Emily is she's a very um creative person she makes our our home beautiful and magical mm-hmm. uh, especially at the christmas season and um and she also loves to um, create an environment of learning for our children that is immersive and mm. engaging and um, creates ways for them to like tangibly connect with the story of jesus and um river you know he talks about whose birthday is next and he's waiting for his in february but first <laughs> yeah. jesus birthday so we have to get through christmas to get to his birthday uh but yeah so so emily has um we have an advent calendar for every every day little little box mm-hmm. drawer thing that she's she's made and she has these little uh, tiny symbols that she's created little crafts that the kids can take out and there's like you know chocolate in there too and mm-hmm. we light the candle um for this first week and um and then she's also working on like an actual like digital booklet that she's made and she's like far <laughs> advanced in the yeah. art of creativity for our kids but uh she wants to create something that is that is a beautiful engaging thing for them to look at and be inspired by and be you know yeah. to pique their curiosity um so that, that we can share with them the story mm-hmm. of the coming king jesus and both the one who who came but mm-hmm. who is also still to come yeah yeah i love mm. all that creativity and storytelling yeah. yeah isn't it interesting like we we tend to if you've got kids you tend to do that or when you were a kid you probably had that but then as adults, we're like over it. <laughs> yeah. I want to advocate for man, like every man, woman and child should have yeah. an advent calendar with chocolate in. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you should have some tool Dark chocolate that helps with draw salt. you yes. in. Yeah. So go yeah. make or procure. Yeah. And I an love that. Calendar. And I've seen this mm-hmm. advent box that Emily's created. It, it's yeah. pure magic. Yeah. And I love that not just because it's beautiful and it's inspiring, but because, and you use this word, she's creating an environment. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another word that comes to mind for me around advent is the, the environment matters. It's not beautiful for the sake of it being beautiful, but it stirs our heart's affections in a certain direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that that is so like, present in your home because Mm -hmm. I think your kids are going to remember not just what they learned about Advent or what they learned about Jesus, but they're going to have tastes and smells and pictures that are going to be connected that again has to do with that heart posturing and affections and all of that Mm -hmm. beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, the storytelling, there's some like identity things, I think as Mm -hmm. well, like Christmas is a microcosm of the whole history of redemption Mm -hmm. you've got kind of darkness and separation and oppression and need and god comes 
and there's like peace, hope, joy, salvation, redemption, mm-hmm. yeah. and the world changes and the trajectory changes and the possibilities change. And like to have this annual reminder of like, oh yeah, that's the story. Yeah. I'm, I stand actually on this side. Yeah. But every year it's really easy to forget I stand on the exciting side of this. Mm-hmm. And, and there is this kingdom now and not yet. We keep all year long, we bump into bits of like, man, this still needs redeeming. This mm-hmm. still needs saving. This still needs renewing. Yeah. yeah. But then to get to bring all of that with us from our whole year into the Christmas season and push it into the next year differently. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, to speak the truth that actually right. Jesus has like good possibilities over those things. Mm-hmm. It's... I don't know. It just changes your whole, or it can, it can change your whole perspective. Right? Yeah, totally. And I think that's why I love so much that Advent has that double meaning because it points us to, again, the power of remembering. Like when we look at the first coming and the circumstances surrounding the people of God at that time, it was dark and bleak and silent and I mean, I could go on and on and on. And God made all of these promises to them. And the people are kind of left in this waiting zone of like, is it actually going to happen? Like we've heard the stories, we remember the promises, but is it going to happen? And then you see like, yeah, all the beautiful accounts in Luke and in Matthew of like, he's true to his word. Like you can take it to the bank. And I think when we choose to create space to remember, it really is a sort of like fuel for our very present hope. It's not just yeah. something that's stuck in the past. We drag it into the present and it actually gives us vision for the future. So yeah. it's just, oh, it's so good. I love that. Drag yeah. it in the present because we yes. so need that, don't yeah. we? Oh, yeah. Like, we need to be confronted. Yeah by this yes isn't it interesting it's weird how bad stuff and tension and you know the junk of life it so confronts us yeah if we let it stuff can just be like it's so easily in the background Mm -hmm. like you have to work hard at Mm. keeping both in front of you right Yeah, yeah totally so what so let's just say a little bit about what's going on at Westside. yeah because we've posted we've announced mm-hmm. but if you haven't noticed if you haven't heard yes shelby is the advent czar <laughs> and she has a plan I have a and plan. we got loads of cool stuff going on <laughs> we do and i'm really excited about this season we really are as a church trying to lean into this with intention um and with creativity so we are leaning into the traditional rhythm and themes of advent so every sunday you'll see us post a picture of someone specific lighting the advent candle And on Tuesdays, we're having worship and meditation. On Thursdays, we're going to feature a piece of art. And again, those three primary ways are really avenues for us to lean in and kind of set our hearts on the significance of this season. And so again, we've chosen to do that through story. Um, And this is a piece I'm really excited about. Like, I hope that you guys got to read Jasmine's story of hope, Um, but we're gonna have a story kick us into the every week. And then again, like those worship and meditations help us enter in into a different way. And then art, and Ryan, this is I think something you can speak to especially. Art just has a unique way of helping 
connect us to an idea or a mm-hmm. theme or yeah. I would love more of your thoughts on this. But yeah, through story, through meditation, through art, we are seeking to lean into the four themes of Advent, which is yep. hope, peace, love, and joy. Yeah. And then we're going to celebrate at the end of the week. It kind of all culminates into these really fun Advent celebration nights where we are going to get to come together here at Westside and worship together and pray together um, and really put in front of us that this isn't a season that we enter into isolated. We get to do this as family and we aren't isolated people in the family of God. We are a community. And so I'm excited that we actually get the opportunity to do that um, at the end of each week. But to circle back, any thoughts you have on like the art piece and stuff like that? I'm glad you said that. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Well, as you guys were talking, I just was, I was thinking um, a few things. So one, on the topic of art and mm-hmm. music and creativity is that <clears throat> art has this way of almost bypassing our defenses and mm. maybe it's our intellectual defenses to the supernatural to something transcendent right yeah. um and music does the same thing where it taps into like those deeper parts of us our heart and i i often say like music or like so you know if teaching shapes the the mind of the church Mm -hmm. music shapes the heart of the Hmm. church you know yeah it it connects us in a way that almost sometimes we don't even have words to say but when we when we hear these songs and when we see these images like the it it reaches to a deeper part of us where like our soul connects you Hmm. know and I just, I was thinking as you guys were talking about this season of in the life of the church every year, Advent, um, we sing these songs that are actually some of the most theologically rich songs that yeah. we sing in our entire year mm-hmm. about the entire gospel narrative. And actually, I just wanted to read the lyrics of O Holy Night mm-hmm. in a oh, way that w- w- just in framing it up with 2020 in mind mm-hmm. and yeah, so if you didn't know this was a carol, yeah, then that's an, yeah interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, just take, imagine. Just Brian imagine. Was like, hey, I've written a poem. I wrote. For I wrote a poem for twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, and, That'd be uh, genius. <laughs> but just listen to these lyrics. Like, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till He appears, and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, Hmm. for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born, O night, O holy night, O night divine. And I just want to move to verse 3 really quick. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name mm-hmm. all oppressions shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Praise his name forever. And like mm-hmm. you, you hear these words, and they have like immense power and weight, and even like with the framing of this year, I would say even more so, but then you, then you put that to an incredibly beautiful melody mm-hmm. and it just almost does something to, to you that nothing else can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like even now I'm like finding myself 
feeling emotional because you're right. It cuts through your defenses and it just connects with you on like a soul level. And yeah, dang. Yeah. So good. Uh, we should just do a podcast on that. In yeah musicology yeah. like each each verse has got a tension point and then it uses the shift into the relative minor yeah. to indicate yes. to mm-hmm. you that this is supposed to feel like a tension but yeah. then it resolves back to yes. answer the question totally. and, oh, oh it's yeah it's so masterfully done yeah so we've got all this stuff happening it's almost like a digital advent calendar for westside it is like and again using they open the door yeah like we have yeah. art and mm-hmm. and i'm so glad we're using like the visual arts and things. Like you yes. say, it's um, teaching sometimes in our culture, we feel like if the information's clear and has been analyzed, then we own it. Mm-hmm. Whereas art, like it always requires interpretation. Yeah. So you can only assign meaning when you begin to relate to it. Yeah. So it kind of pulls mm-hmm. you in. And so, yeah, it's going to be really exciting to not just like, I don't know, have Facebook open or something, but like, yeah. oh, cool. Totally. But to like, be invited to dwell yeah for you know for a minute yeah. and it's all coming from the people of our church of west side which yeah. i think is really cool too like we have some incredibly talented people that um yeah see west side as their home and so i'm just like thrilled that they were willing to share those parts of their life with us and yeah. i just yeah shameless plug invitation like lean in because you're gonna hear some incredible stories um, and get to participate in this season in a, in a unique way if you show yeah. up. And mm-hmm. I'd encourage everyone like uh, lean in in almost two levels. Mm-hmm. So like you mentioned Jasmine's story. Yeah. So see what Jasmine has to say to you. Mm-hmm. But then in the midst of like the creative writing and storytelling and ask God what he's got to show you. Yeah. Uh, reflect it as mm-hmm. he is ref- you what do you want to reflect in the right. story or it could be photography yeah. it's gonna be lots of different things yeah but give yourself that space and like every time ask god the question like yeah. what do you want to show me here mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um because we're it's it's not like shelby's got oh here's 12 things <laughs> you need to know for christmas yeah no which sounds not like structured that way yeah um, <laughs> but actually we're hoping God like breathes yes. into your life through mm-hmm. these things as we kind of pursue Jesus yeah. together in this way. Mm-hmm. And that then will make these celebration nights all the sweeter as yes. we come with like stories of the mm-hmm. way God's been tuning us in and reframing things. And mm-hmm. yeah, I can only imagine how our Christmas Eve, I mean, yeah. the sort of spiritual momentum we may carry into that yeah. celebration and then mm. and Christmas morning. It's going to be awesome. So you said the traditional themes because mm-hmm. there's a sort of storyline to yeah. Advent, right? Yes. So give us the little, you know, storyline, the, the, <laughs> the four themes. And yeah. we should talk a bit about the first one because yes. that's this week. That's yeah. So the four traditional themes of Advent, and I think that they're in this specific order as well as hope, peace, love, and joy. And so this week we've been really leaning into hope. Um Man, and I think this is one that we could spend a lot of time talking yeah. about because, and we've mentioned this, what's sprinkled even throughout this chat right now is like this year poses um, a unique way for us to connect with the narrative of the gospel and Advent mm-hmm. and all of these different things. But again, 
if we don't create the space, we'll miss it. Because I'm a firm believer that just because something hard is happening in your life doesn't mean it's going to shape you for the better. You have to show up to it. You have to be willing to sit with it Mm. and to allow yourself to feel whatever it is you're feeling without judging it and just let it sit for a second, observe it, and then press into it with Jesus and... Yeah, I think that as we kind of start to have a chat about hope, I think it's really important for us to keep that in mind of it's going to take some space on your end in order to receive the gifts that it really is holding out in front of all of us. We just have to say yes. Yeah, it's interesting with this year as well. Like we've all got some trauma and pain because of COVID and it being a weird year. Mm -hmm. So we've all got a little opportunity to be like, okay, like... I was just looking down at my Bible and Luke chapter one and you know, that it's like to it's light to those who sit in darkness mm. and in the shadow of death. Like, yeah, darkness and the shadow of death. That's mm-hmm. been this year. But I like the way you say like press in. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But this year's also contained for lots of people. Um, I don't know, getting fresh woken up eyes mm-hmm. on like how, people may be uh, distressed who are in poverty or are being oppressed because they're racially profiled Mm. or, you know, it's, we've got all these other opportunities this year or like maybe, you know, like an ER nurse and she's been telling her stories just how traumatic it's been. And so we can kind of reach out and feel the weight of, pressure on humanness yeah just in our city in our world you know this is a year where it's so easy to tap into the fact that humanity's crying out yes because we're in deep tension and we we want it to be resolved mm-hmm. and hope is it's not the actual resolution mm-hmm. but it's this moment of like god does something yeah which means it's going to be okay right right, right. It's, it's that kind of He's fulfilling his promises. He's yeah. stepping in. He's doing what he said. He's yeah. being who he said. You know. Yeah. I like the way earlier you you said we talked about darkness, oppression, pain, like loads of words, but one was silence. Mm. You used. I love mm. that word. Like, mm. yeah, this can feel like how long? Yeah. yeah. You know, totally like that kind of silence and waiting. Yeah. And so, yeah, hope being. It doesn't make all that stuff go away. Right. That's important to recognize. all of a sudden, we might feel really differently about those things. And we might engage them differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it's probably a mistake to be like, oh, they've gone away. Mm. Oh, because Christmas has come. You know, my black single mother, you know, neighbor down the street is probably fine now. Mm. Like, no. Yeah. But God's done something mm. that means I can recontextualize like her story, yeah. How, like, what it could actually mean for me to step in, not because of me, but because I see what God's doing. Right. I feel inspired. Yes. Like this is what gospeling. This is what good news mm-hmm. in. This is what. Oh man, there's so much theology wanting to come out <laughs> my head at this point. That, like, that's incarnation. Yeah. God incarnates Himself in the world to yeah. create hope. And then leaves his church in the world to continue incarnating hope yeah. into the world. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. And we use this word a lot, right? I I get to work with young people and I can't tell you how many times I've heard them share their story of how 
they hoped they'd be able to go to camp. They hoped that they would be able mm-hmm. to start school again. They hoped, like we use that word. And so I think it's important for us to even kind of provide some clarity of like what's different about hope in Jesus because yeah. it's different. Yeah. It's not like a, I hope this happens, but I don't know if it will. It's That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about the hope of Jesus. And that is why when we face trouble and trials, hope in Jesus is this thing that transcends our circumstances and also helps us persevere through them. Mm-hmm. Like hope is this deep anchor for our soul so that we can weather the storm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something that we can know beyond knowledge using Paul's words of like, mm-hmm. it's not something that we have to question is real because we know that Jesus is Emmanuel. He did it once. He's here present with us through his Holy spirit. He's coming again. And that is a different kind of hope than just like cross my fingers, kind of hope yeah. that this yeah. works I wish out. It would be okay. Yeah. 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 What about in your house? Like, you know, you open these drawers and the story's getting told mm. and hope's coming out in the creativity, like the story of hope's coming out. Yeah. Like, do you watch that with your kids and in family dynamics? You know, does it, does it change things in their perspective, do you think, where they start to understand what hope is or understand mm. what it means? Yeah, I think, you know, our kids are at an age where they're starting to learn their own story, hmm. you know, of our family, our family narrative. And our family story is one of of hope that was also hope deferred and hmm. unmet expectations and longings that were not fulfilled. And so backstory is, you know, Emily and I had this deep desire to be parents. And really for for two years we we tried to get pregnant and we had a deep longing to be parents and i i felt before even emily felt this way that god had like given me this clear vision and a desire and planted in my heart to be a father Hmm. and that hope um turned into despair you know after failed you know pregnancy tests over and over again and that time of the month that reminded us of death every month. Mm. And, and so we went on this journey of, of, as a couple of entrusting our, the desires of our heart and not that God's this magic genie that you get your wishes Mm. if you're a good person, but like trusting the character and the nature of God, like that is what hope is, right? He is who he says he is. And like we, we began to learn a different level of dependence and trust and in a lot of ways, it was like, almost like we couldn't experience the full beauty of the dawn until we like felt the full duration of the night. Hmm. And there was an immense joy that came in the morning when we found out that we were pregnant with River, hmm. River James, our, our oldest. And um, it was right before, like literally we were going in to do some more extreme um measures of uh medicine to help mm-hmm. help us get pregnant and we didn't have to because there was the joy of new life that was mm. you know in Emily's womb and so that backstory of hope and and trusting Jesus through a, a dark season for us of unmet expectations and sadness and loss um like it truly did produce a greater and deeper 
sense of joy that that now, ironically, <laughs> five years later, God has opened the floodgates and we have three <laughs> children. Dear Lord, have mercy. <laughs> How things change. <laughs> in, yep. in COVID, <laughs> you know, shut down, locked down, and our house is like a crazy house, you know? <laughs> and man, I, I, it's a really interesting experience to, to long for something so deeply and then to be in the in the weeds of that, like having just, you're, you feel like you're going nuts as a parent right now with three little ones, five and under. Um, and you're like, oh yeah, like I prayed so, so deeply and, and like with all my heart for this. And now God has given us the desires of our hearts and now it, now there's pain associated with that and struggle. Um, but I don't know. They're just like, I, I had a fr- good friend say like, um, sorrow and joy are brothers, mm, Yeah, you know, and that the two of them are essentially linked, you mm. know, and in a lot of ways, um, our life is a dance between those two. Yeah. So, and, mm. and we're supposed to, I don't know, there's a version of the gospel, which is like, yeah, come to church and Jesus will help your life be a success. So you never need to feel need or pain mm. or, yeah. um, where actually we're invited to embrace a season on earth of tension and that Jesus's return and the culmination yeah. of all things yeah. brings us back to Eden. Mm. But we're, we're, we know the road we're on. We know our destiny. Um, but, but encountering and I, I don't know, that's, that's where the balancing act is hard because you want to embrace the fact that there's tensions. You don't want to stick your head in the yeah. sand or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I've seen so many people tell the sort of middle-class lie that because they're prosperous and can afford what they want, mm-hmm. everything's okay, yeah. you know. Um, but it's it's a it's a balancing act, and, and those two come together, the light and the darkness, mm-hmm. and the pivot point between the two at Christmas so yeah. profoundly uh, the cross is the only other place mm-hmm. you know that's, yeah. it comes close. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's, it's almost like Jesus. I, I mean, I, I was going to read this one. So this is um, Simeon. So he's in the temple. He's been like hanging out, waiting for God to do stuff. You know, mm-hmm. for years. But I, it, he sees Jesus, takes him up in his arms, and he says, "Now I can depart in peace because my eyes have seen your salvation." Mm-hmm. And it's like baby Jesus. Yeah. You know, like he hasn't done anything yet. Right. But the fact that God has come mm. is a down payment that God will do the rest. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we sit in is yeah. like, yep, I can have a sorrow, I can have the pain. Yeah. But I've got the down payment. Yeah. yeah. And the down payment in some ways was already there when God promised it. Mm. Yeah. But for God to become a human being and like, can you imagine? Yeah. Like you're waiting for God to fulfill his promises mm. and you see and and he's got like the spirits giving him eyes to see who Jesus really is and what's going on. So everyone else might not get this in the temple, but Simeon and Anna's another one. And she sees it. Mm. It's like, oh, God just walked in the temple. Yeah. Boom. Mm. Like, yeah. whoa, game changer. Yeah. And that that is like the game has changed. Mm. We live in a changed game. Yeah. And Christmas is just like we we reset. It's like when you're playing Monopoly and you go around, and you get your two hundred again. Like, okay, it's gonna mm. be okay. Like, here yeah. we go. So I'm on the go square. That's right. It's <laughs> yeah. gonna be alright. Here we go. Let's roll yeah. the dice. You know, it just you look into the next year so differently. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think what I love about your story is you mentioned how 
and you said it so much more poetically than I'm going to, but something about allowing yourself to feel the full weight of the night mm. allows you to interact with the joy in a totally different way. And yeah. I think that we need to really hear that because life is uncertain in so many ways right now. And I think the unique hope we have in Christ is that in a lot of ways, it offers us a certainty amidst the uncertainty. It's like you can lay out all of your pain and your frustration. And again, it's not that we turn a blind eye toward any of that. It's actually that we look it dead in the face. We reject the lie that it's going to be like this forever. And we hold on to the truth that we have hope in Christ, which means it will all be set right in its proper time. Yeah. And I think that I just want to hold up again, that that is unique to faith in Jesus. Like you're not going to get that in your bank account. You're not going to get that in your marriage. You're not going to yeah. like, that is a hope that he alone can provide and that we get to lean into afresh this season. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you Ryan about like the how of how we do that. Cause mm -hmm. I love the way you talked about like you and Emily like entrusting your desires to God. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a moment of giving up mm, on no. these dreams, yeah. but like something changed. Yeah. It, that's just an interesting, like practically something changed for you guys yeah. that actually meant hope became a part of the story. Yeah. In yeah. And even there are a lot of parallels with this year in, in terms of, I think the pain that a lot of people have felt, the uncertainty, the sense of when is it going to end, when is this season going to be over, where are you, God, what are you doing, I don't see you, I don't feel you right now. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of those those feelings that we have. Um, and what our experience was in, in our pregnancy journey was was one of like literally God just like prying our fingers off of our life and our <laughs> will and our sense of entitlement or whatever we thought our life was going to be and coming open handed to the Lord in a fresh way of surrender and obedience. And what I'm realizing this year, I feel like <clears throat> as I've talked with different friends and, and going through similar struggles this year and each person, you know, our sufferings are all unique mm -hmm. this year. And depending on your age, your life stage, um, I keep saying there's a thousand little sadnesses. And th there's no better or worse or larger or, or smaller suffering. Like, God, your suffering is your suffering, and God sees that. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, what I'm, what I'm seeing as kind of a common thread of what God is producing in people through this season is a, a return to steadfast like steadfast love, um, covenant loyalty, yeah. and love and obedience to God and entrusting our whole selves to him. And, and there's no other option this year. I mean, I just prayed with my, my friend Thomas today as we met. I'm like, I feel like Peter in, you know, that story when all the other disciples leave and, and Jesus is given this really hard teaching on, um, eating his body and his and drinking his blood mm. and the crowds are dispersing and they're like, this is too difficult of a teaching. And Peter's like, he asks Peter, are you going to leave too? And he's like, Lord, where else are we going to go? Mm. You have the words of eternal life. And I feel like in my soul, that's where we are at as a church and as a, as a culture, even it's like, we don't have anywhere else to turn. Like all the things mm. that we've placed our, that we've kind of the, the things that we built our life on mm -hmm. are all been knocked out. And it's like, we're just raw humans now. And ironically I've, I've found, and I'm feeling that 
um, there's actually a, a beautiful unity that comes as we experience our shared need and our shared weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't find as much unity in our strength and in like our ability as as much as we do when we are are we br- are brought down to our lowest like common denominator of our humanity and finding ourselves like we have this incredible shared need as a human race and um i think that is where we can find this linking of arms and this yeah. like we can come together um with our shared brokenness and God can heal us both individually, but also as like a community yeah. mm. and maybe even as a nation Yeah, when we share in that. Love that community part. So. Yeah. I mean, so it, I mean, we, cause we've just had announcements in Oregon for like being able to start to do more gathering and yeah, but how different to go from gathering where sometimes the vibe is like, yeah, my smiley veneer is great. Is yeah. yours? Yeah. You know, just like, <laughs> celebrating our ability to put a brave face on things yeah. but then the authenticity of like man we're going to start gathering or even these advent celebrations and we've had some seat nights in november and it's like the walking wounded mm-hmm. you know and it's like yeah that's hard but in some ways in many ways i'd much rather that than the veneer yeah. celebration you know mm-hmm. uh yeah. just there's an there's a reality that actually invites me to bond with the person next to me and associate with them and feel like family together, which mm. is really powerful, mm. which is, yeah. I mean, we often say Christmas is about family, mm-hmm. but it, but this storyline is a, the family of God trajectory. Yeah. So there's that's a whole other level to this, like mm. entering into this is a hope for us, not just a hope for me. Yes. yes. Right? Mm. Yes. And that's... And, th- and that's where, like, your kids are going to hear your story yeah. and realize that can be their story. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I was going to, to get back to your original question, which is how are our children experiencing this sense of hope, mm-hmm. right, in this season? And I would say back to what you said, Richard, it's like it's incarnational. Mm. They, they see it and they feel it in us. Mm. And, yeah, it's weird, like, to our, – our kids ask <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> our kids ask and that obnoxious sound <laughs> means we found a way to end the podcast so we'll let ryan finish yeah so now we all get a minute yes. so go so our kids ask us this question like when is the virus going to be over right <laughs> and um every day we we don't have an answer for them you mm-hmm. know but we do have a steadfast and faithful presence in their lives and like i feel like as parents right now we have this opportunity to model a living hope that is not circumstantial. It's not based in politics. It's not based in a yeah. vaccine. It's based in like an unshakable foundation that is what our home is built on and around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they experience that and feel that safety and security through us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a choice daily. Yeah. It's a discipline. And it's also a, a, sur- a surrendering every day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love that. All right, Shelby. What's your last minute thoughts? I think I'm just thinking about people who might be listening to this and they're in the space where they hear the word hope and it's like, yeah, right. Like I am hopeless. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, I think, acknowledge that that's a real experience. It's a frightening one. Um, It's painful. And so I guess just to say like we see you and the hope that we have in Jesus is one that does stand against the lie that it's going to last forever Mm -hmm. because of Jesus, the dark night, 
does have an end date and there will be joy in the morning. And so I think to just extend that like acknowledgement and um, hope is a word of grit. It's not like, yeah, I just, there's a grittiness to it. There's a perseverance and a resilience to it um, that goes through dark nights of the soul. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. My my last thought would be uh, it was actually uh, you mentioned the need to surrender to encounter hope, Ryan. Mm. And then I was like, yeah. And you know what? My favorite stories of surrender are Mary and Joseph, because mm-hmm. like the angel comes to Mary with one of the most profound asks ever, and she's like, sure, whatever you want, God. Mm. And then the angel comes to Joseph, and he also says one of the most profound yeses and then they just keep on just pour i'd encourage you pour over their story read their story and there's just so many times when you'd be like oh it'd probably be easier to do this or we should but at every step they're just like unless god moves they ain't moving Mm -hmm. they're just so surrendered to him it's really amazing and really inspiring so yeah if you if surrender's hard (laughs) Mm. maybe they'll inspire you so that's it for this week Thanks for listening. And then next week. So what's it next week? The word, the theme. The theme is peace. Peace. Mm. And so we'll be stepping into that. And then the end of next week. Yes. Think peaceful thoughts. Mm. And we'll unpack that one. (laughs) Beautiful. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College based at Westside A Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from, along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.